0: Well, it wasn't the most exciting game, with the Penguins, they continue with their winning ways. A 2-0 shutout of the Ottawa Senators. They take the season series against them. They will not be playing the Ottawa Senators until next season. I have a full game recap coming up for you all right after this drop. There's still a whole lot to get to for this episode. You're locked on, Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter. At Hunter Hodes, also follows the show's Twitter at underscore penguins. Yes, I am back on my old setup for now. Um, definitely after I posted last night, I, I, I tried to do as much editing as I could, and I was like, Yeah, the audio is just it, it's not it, but um, trust me, that setup will be back. Um, I ordered a USB mic, so um, it's going to look at least I shouldn't say definitely more professional, but it's going to look just a lot better. I think it's going to sound better than how it is right now. The, the the mic that I use is my built-in for my Mac. You know, Apple definitely knows what they're doing. Um, but that camera angle I really liked as well. i again, you know, I'm just going to get a new mic and then I'll test a few things out, and then I should be good to go. There should be no other audio problems. So apologize about that. I had a couple people DM me saying it was you know not so good. Again, thank you all so much for doing that. I know I said to do that last episode, but anyways, um, Penguins. As I said in my intro, two nothing shutout of the senators tonight um the only reason i think this game was close was because matt murray was awesome and you know good for him man you know excuse me this is a player that you know i i always will root for he's definitely i think one of the best goaltenders in this franchise's history brought them two stanley cups um just was a brick wall during those runs as well you know i know he fell off a little bit towards the end and he didn't have know his play back there but you know i also felt like he was kind of treated like crap by some of the fan base on the way out you know there is a weird segment of penguins fans um that just do not like him still because he took marco andre flurry's job i don't have time for people like that you know they they root for the players not the team um that's just you know i know i understand people can get attached to certain players but if you're putting one above you know the success and greatness of the team over over the success and greatness of the team. Excuse me. Um, You got to recheck your priorities, Um, but he was awesome tonight, you know, had uh, basically 40 out of 41, 40 saves on 41, 42 shots. The the only, the second, the only one he didn't really save was just the empty netter because of course he was not in the net. Um, But, you know, he made a lot of 10 bell saves Uh, and it was like, wow, you know, this is the Matt Murray that I've watched a lot throughout his career um, just, you know, playing you know, a little more aggressive, you know, his glove hand was looking great. His movement was awesome. He stoned. Um, I believe it was Carter on a breakaway. He was looking for his 14th goal of the season after he, he got his 13th and, you know, just seeing him go side to side um, right to left there was just chef's kiss. I, I've seen that so many times. So shout out to you, Matt, you know, if you ever somehow listening to this podcast, great start. And I know most people in this, in this fan base love you and they wish you the best. So um, he's now five and one and two in his last eight starts. He came into this um again, winning five of his last seven starts. Now, of course, I just said, you know, five of his last eight, but it was five out of his last seven before this loss. And he was saving six goals above expected. So just a really nice bounce back after, you know, being demoted to um, the American Hockey League. So I just wanted to start out the show um just praising him and shouting him out because, you know, he he definitely means a lot, um, at least to me, um, uh, just because of, you know, how great he was during those cup runs. And I hope you you all feel the same. As well, uh, in terms of actual goal scores, you know Jeff Carter um, gets his thirteenth of the season. No goaltender was going to stop that, though. Um, great pass from Latang um, for Carter to shoot. It was almost a one timer, but he was able to corral it, and then a split second later. Um, hit the one-timer blocker side on Murray. I mean, just couldn't get over there quick enough. But again, you know, I just said, I don't think really any goalie is going to get over there quick enough. And, you know, Carter was definitely struggling. I think these last five to six games, you know, I've seen some takes saying that, you know, he's maybe not worth the contract and all that. I've already given my thoughts on it. I think it's fine unless he really starts to dip. And again, I understand he was struggling, but, you know, you can only keep him off the score sheet so much, you know, gets his 13th of the year, Um, He's been good. You know, he's going to go back to his usual spot on Sunday when Evgeny Malkin returns. You know, he's going to have a couple more practices. He's off COVID protocol. Um, He'll be back in his second-line spot. And, you know, that'll have Carter playing his usual minutes. And not that I don't think he can play top six minutes. He's done that really well this year when Malkin was out with his knee injury. But, you know, it's still better for him, you know, to get those minutes um, that, you know, that are just better suited for him. Um, I guess is my way to say it. So, really nice goal there. Overall, though, I guess my other t- my biggest takeaway outside of that, this was just a defensive clinic by the Penguins. You know, I-, I checked out Natural Stat Trick throughout, you know, not the best first period. You know, the Senators had 59% of the, scoring, of the shot attempts, 63% of the scoring chances. They led in high danger five to three. After that, though, um, it was all Penguins um, fi- uh, 15, 14 shot attempts in the second period for the Penguins, 12-4 to in the third period. I mean, the Pit- Pittsburgh just took it to Ottawa in that third period. That's when they just, again, they really started, I think, tilt the ice. Overall, the Penguins finished um, above even in shot attempts for 50.5% of those. Scoring chances-wise, it was almost 15. Again, it was just that bad first period you know, where the Penguins, you know, they, they only had 37% of the scoring chances in the last two periods. Um, it was 9 to 6 for scoring chances wise, but overall 18 to 16 in favor of Ottawa. High danger, though, um, nine for Ottawa, five for Pittsburgh, but only four of those high danger chances came in the last 40 minutes. One of those four was in the third period. I mean, just locked down defense there from Pittsburgh. That was honestly, I think their best defensive performance in at least two to three weeks. I don't think I can name a performance that comes even close um, to how good this one is. I know the Seattle one wasn't bad until I think the last few minutes when, when you know the Kraken did tie courtesy of Jared McCann, and then they were kind of on their heels. But, you know, the, the Red Wings one, um, Boston in that first period, they were really dreadful. Washington, I didn't really think the defensive play was that good, even though offensively they were dominating them quite a bit. Um, but tonight, you know, this was – this was the this is the blueprint uh for the penguins playing defensive hockey. You know, you saw that one, two, two neutral zone trap, you know, just you know, doing its thing. And when Mike when Mike Sullivan's system, you know, is on one, this is how it's supposed to look like. I mean, at least defensively. You know, offensively, they were doing their job. Not bad tonight. Definitely, I think, could have been a little bit better, but you know, it's also the dog days of the season. But you're playing a bad team. I'll get to that in a second. But this is the kind of blueprint that I think a lot of people in the fan base should want to see and you know you, you shouldn't you know give you pause about this team going on a deep run or something you know they are capable of doing this you know to any team in the league. I know Ottawa is not that good. I know they played three games um in the last four nights but I, I still think you know this was this was just a really strong performance defensively. So, you know no one was really losing their assignments Mike Matheson I'll take you back to about two minutes left in the third period uh Derek uh, Foremanton is coming in. Um, Looks like he's going to get around Mike um, for, you know, just using his strength on his back end. But Matheson's able to push him to the boards, play the man and the puck almost basically at the same time. Puck gets loose. The Penguins are going the other way. Sidney Crosby diving to get a shot block with 20 seconds left. That was incredible. Jake Gensel just a couple seconds later, he's putting his body on the line for a shot block. You know, it's just everyone was doing their thing tonight in the defensive zone. No one was, you know, having a lack of effort. Or anything like that. So I, I, I really loved that um, part of the game for the Penguins. And yes, you know, I am kind of glad um, that Sidney Crosby did not score his 500th goal tonight. It would have just been so anticlimactic because they're playing in an arena with 500 people. And don't, don't get me wrong. It was weird to see that because, you know, I know arenas, I would say, for the last like half a year, a little over half a year, you know, we've gotten back to full capacity because, you know, the pandemic, you know, a lot more people getting vaccinated and boosted and everything, which is of course awesome. But, you know, it just, it feels weird to be back here, especially like up in Ottawa, just barely seeing any fans there just takes me back to, you know, 2020 in the bubble and stuff. So I'm glad that, you know, he has a chance to do it maybe, you know, close to a full arena in New Jersey, even though the devils are bad, but hopefully um, next Tuesday they play Philadelphia. If there's any a time to do it, Sid, that's the one. Get the win in that game against a team that you have just owned your entire career. Um, that'll do it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, I'm going to go into Casey DeSmith's performance. Um, just look at what stood out to me with that and you know what could that mean moving forward um, for the Penguins and a couple other things as well. Before I, I get to that, though... BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That has been online where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. So as I teased, going into this segment, Casey DeSmith, um, just sensational tonight. Um, This was his second second consecutive really good start. And, you know, he's playing for his job right now. That's the bottom line I have for you all. I mean, you know, he was really bad going into that last start against the Red Wings about what a week and a half. I, I, I believe that was two weeks ago almost now. Um, but you know, you know, since then he's had two strong starts and he needs to keep this up if he is going to keep his job. You know, they need to give Tristan a rest because he has played a lot this year. And, you know, only Andre Vasilevsky at this point has played more than Tristan, which is I mean, that's that that's that's crazy to think about. So um you know, I, I'm. I know I tweeted this morning <laughs> for those that follow me on social media that you know for the first time um, we're going to get Murray versus Jari. Well, you know that lasted about ten minutes when Mike said to Smith was going to start, and then you know I basically just said, well, there is no God until Casey just proved me to be an idiot. You know, he was really standing tall in net. I thought throughout that contest, um, he was playing a little deep in there at times, which was scaring me. But you know, when he was called upon, you know, he had a couple of big saves on breakaways. I think one of them was on Nick Paul. Um, the other one was on. I had a, I have it written down here somewhere. Um, it, it'll come to me, I think. Um, throughout throughout, I don't think it was Kachuk, um, but I know one of them was on Nick Paul. And, you know, he was just really cool, calm, and collected in the net, moving well as he saw those breakaways happen, and he was able to come up with some huge saves. And you know, he wasn't making those kind of saves earlier on in the season. Remember, their first time they played in Ottawa, he got whooped. I'm pretty sure he allowed four or five goals in the span of 25, 30 minutes. I mean, the Penguins, I know, tried to crawl back the best they could. and made it 5-3 for a little bit before Ottawa, won 6 to 3 But he got lit up by that team in Ottawa last time. So I think that might have been part of Mike Sullivan's strategy. He wanted to go back to him again just because he got lit up the last time they he played this team. He's able to come back, you know, not give them karma, um, I guess, but, you know, to show them that, you know, I'm not that goalie you know, at least right now. But, you know, that's 120 plus minutes of really great hockey from Smith. And again, if he keeps this up, that's one less thing the Penguins will have to do at the trade down there. Pittsburgh can now maybe go to getting a forward. You know, what's going to happen with Jason Zucker, right? I mean, Teddy Bluger, he's still out for a few more weeks. I know the deadline is not for, I think, another month now anyway. But, you know, all of a sudden the Penguins will have options. You know, they'll have a little bit of money to play with. I know they're up against the cap, but if your backup goaltending situation sorts itself out and if Casey can continue this hot streak, you know, and and it's very small sample size, two games, you know, two shutouts also in his last six starts. But, you know, let's see if he can build off this momentum. You know, do they go after a defenseman? John Marino thought he was out. I'll 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 actually get to my thoughts on him in a second. You know, you want to make an upgrade on your D-Corps? Do you want to go get a forward? They're going to have their options. Um, So, um, you know, I think their best course of action right now is to just hope and continue to pray that DeSmith works out these kinks and continues to put together these, these strong starts so they don't have to give up assets to go get a backup in case Tristan falters in the playoffs. But, you know, they also need a backup just because Tristan can't start every game as well. So, you know, they can go out and, you know, move an asset for immediate forward help or something like that. I know I probably said the same thing 14,000 times during this, um, but, you know, it's it's something to keep an eye on. That's for sure. You know, speaking defensively, I honestly thought John Marino tonight had his best game that I've seen in at least almost a month. Um, Just really moving the puck well up the ice. Um, was, you know, actually activating in the offensive zone. That was really pretty to see. He had a couple really strong moments with the puck where he was kind of dangling a couple defenders. And I was like, wow, um, don't know where this came from, but if it can stay throughout the entire rest of the season, I would absolutely love that, man. Um, defensively, I thought he was playing great too. You know, this is this is the level that I want to see consistently from John Marino. You know, I, I know it's been a, a big struggle for him this season, but... You know, he was setting up a lot of golden chances. You know, he's moving the puck well in the power play. I already talked about his defensive ability tonight when he was shutting down some sentence players on the rush and just in front of the net as well. And this, is, this is the player that we all saw a couple of years ago that took the Penguins by storm, and it was like, wow, you know, this could be the next pretty good Penguins defenseman here moving forward. So I was really impressed with him. I mean, if he keeps this up, you know, maybe the team doesn't have to go out. And gets a defensive help. I have seen some people in the fan base on social media and stuff say, you know, for those that are not on social media, you know, they've said that you know maybe they can go out and get Jeff Petrie, John Klingberg. But the problem with those players are, you know, although I know they're really good, but they make a lot of money, and you'd probably have to give up quite a haul to get them. And it's probably it will probably not just be Sam Kuan. A first-round pick and something else. It's probably going to be a much better player. Um, and I know the Penguins are in win now, but I'm not sure Hextall and Burke want to give up that package, especially for a player like Klingberg, because I believe his contract is up after this year. Uh, he would just be a pure rental. I think they would probably want players that that have term. I think that's their preference. Because remember, they traded for Jeff Carter last year from LA. He still had a year left on his contract before he became became a UFA. I mean that 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 that's that. Um, right there, I don't really think they're too interested in you know in getting rentals too much, so you know that's and it's an area to keep an eye on. You know, I wouldn't rule out them maybe getting a depth defenseman, but you know, as of right now, you know, John definitely had a really good game uh tonight as well. Um, the top line was just <laughs> they 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 were all over the ice. I mean, you know, I and I don't think a lot of people nationally you know cover the league are talking about that top line as much. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it has as much value as the Bergeron, uh, Pasternak, Marchand line because that's probably the best top line in hockey. Um, you know, the Branson and Landeskog, um, McKinnon, I'm going to screw that up. The Branson and Landeskog-McKinnon line is also one of the best in hockey. But right after those two, it's probably Gensel, Crosby, Rust. Um, they have the underlying numbers um, to prove it this year. If I can go on to Money Puck uh, and check this out here, Real quick, I love that they have the lines feature. Um, you scroll down a little bit. Um, well, they had the Gensel Crosby Rodriguez, but um, oh, oh, yeah, here it is. Gensel Crosby, Rust, 55.1% um, if I can go, of the expected goals. That is one of the best marks in hockey. I scroll past the Matheson-Riedel one. They have almost 60% of the expected goals this year. That's how good that pairing um, has been. And, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're kicking ass. I think that's my best way um, of saying, I think, you know, they're expected goals for um, actually, you know, 3.02 per 60 minutes. Um, just since, you know, Sid was a one-man wrecking crew again tonight. And again, you know, I'm glad he didn't score his 500th. I would prefer to see him score that in an actual building with, you know, a lot of fans there. Um, Ross, glad that he was get, able to get the empty netter. He's continuing his strong, his strong season. Cancel had a quite a bit of chances. A, a few of them, I think, were on deflections. But Murray uh, came up with some really... um Nice saves. Um, I still have more thoughts on this game coming up in the third segment. I'm going to go into the fourth line a little bit. Um, talk about what I noticed with those players. And, you know, we might also do um, a small preview of the game on Sunday as the Penguins will be taking on the New Jersey Devils for the third time this season. I don't think this was a post actually, no, I believe this one was a postponed one. So um, That'll be the third out of four meetings against the devils. But before we do that, though, you can si- save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts for machine steel or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and you can write "Locked On" in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, rally right below prices, all the parts your car ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. you to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Follow those shows Twitter, at LO underscore penguins. Um, the fourth line tonight, you know, there was an extended shift in the third period where, you know, they were just swamping the Sens. Um, Boyle was really for checking down low, Um just right behind the net. You know, I, I actually think that's an underrated attribute of his game. You know, just watch him down there. You know, obviously, I'm not saying it's Sidney Crosby level or even getting Malkin level or anything like that. But, you know, the way he's able to just shrug off defenders is really good. And, you know, especially for being someone who is a lot older, I think, um, at this point. He he's he he plays pretty good um down low and you know they had a, basically close I think to a two-minute shift with you know Boyle Simone and Zahorna just forechecking checking immensely. Um Simone had a couple really strong chances from the slot area, you know, in the high danger area that Murray was able to come up with. They you know they they were able to work it from low to high multiple times, which is a really strong shift from that fourth line. And you know, I didn't I know they didn't have a shift that was similar to that throughout you know the rest of the game but they were still playing well enough that you know that Mike Sullivan was trusting them in a late game situation when you're only up one goal um I just I I just thought you know sometimes it's the little things that I like to notice with this team and I wanted to shout out the fourth line to start this third segment because you know they've they've been pretty freaking they had a they had a really strong game I thought tonight and You know, obviously, I think you know one of these players is probably going to be stretched coming on Sunday. You know, if Getty Malkin is going to be back, he's going to practice with the team over these next couple of days. But you know, I I really liked what I saw tonight. um, You know, from those players. Um, You know, I I would guess it's Zahorna, but I'm I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to see what Mike Sullivan decides to do. Um, small, small little preview though, for New Jersey moving forward. They have 50.5% of the expected goals right now, 43.2% of the actual goals, 41% of the shot attempts, minus 29 goal differential. Um, their goaltending has definitely not been good this year. They only have an 896 overall save percentage. Um, that's one of the worst marks in the league. Um, you know, McKenzie Blackwood's been in and out of the lineup you know, Bernier has been banged up a lot this year as well. You know, they, they've also been going through a lot of injuries to, you know, he sure was banged up for a time. Uh, but, you know, this is always a team that loves to give the Penguins fits. That's the thing here. I mean, they, they've been doing that these last, you know, few seasons. And for whatever reason, you know, even though the Devils have stunk, um, they, 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 they play the Penguins like it's their Stanley Cup final. I, I don't know what it is that brings out the best in them when they play Pittsburgh, but um, th- those games are always tough. You know, especially in Newark, you know, I wouldn't call that place the Penguins' House of Horrors. I think that's mainly been Boston throughout the last decade, though I know they've won two in a row up at TD Garden. But, you know, very rarely do they play well in Newark. You know, I, a lot of more times they come out with wins, but they're not super good wins, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, that's going to be an afternoon start on Super Bowl Sunday, 1.30 p.m., Eastern time, you know, so excited to watch that. You know, this is, you know, we're in the dog days of the season right now. You know, I I, I was thinking about this. I was going to tweet it. I, I figured I would just share this with you all here. This game tonight against Ottawa was the perfect summary of, you know, the dog days of the season, playing a bad team on the road. And, you know, you're barely up a goal or two because the game was, I mean, the game was boring. I mean, let, let's just say that. I mean, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, you're not going to get a team's best effort when you play a bad team in mid-February when you basically have a playoff spot locked up. I mean, the way they're going right now, um, it would have to be a monumental collapse or just, you know, 15,000 injuries. Well, you know, knock on wood because the Penguins, we all know their history with injuries, um, but it, it would just have to be a monumental collapse, I think, for this team to miss the playoffs, but I think that will do it for this episode of the locked on penguins podcast. I always appreciate all of you listening to this one. Um, I think the audio for this is going to be much better. And again, you know, um, probably another episode or two, you know, maybe three, um, before I have the brand new setup, uh, moving forward on my PCM and have the brand new professional mic as well. So the audio is not going to be muffled echoey like it was, Um, on Wednesday. So again, thank you all so much for listening to this one and I'll be back on Friday for another episode covering this team. I'll talk to you all then.